The scripture this morning will be taken from Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, and I will be reading from the King James Version. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye shall dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Good morning and welcome again to our worship service. We're grateful for your presence. As always, to those who are visiting, we do count you as an honored guest. We encourage you to come back and be with us at every opportunity that you have. We are thankful for this day that has been set aside to honor our fathers. We are grateful for the great influence of those who function in this role. And we want to take this opportunity to express our appreciation to you. We're thankful for your influence and your instruction, care down through the years, and we pray that God will continue to bless you in this role. In our study today, we're going to be looking at the book of Joshua, and in particular, we're going to be noting verse 15, the passage that was read just a moment ago, Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, Chris read, for all of us a moment ago, <clears throat> I want us to think for just a few moments about a man of great character, and that man would be Joshua. Joshua was one of God's great servants. As you know, he was the successor to Moses, and Moses was the great lawgiver and leader of ancient Israel. And so Joshua had quite a bit of work before him, and he had... Uh, quite a successor to follow, or rather he had quite a man to follow. Uh, he had what we might call some big shoes to fill. And so I want us to think for just a moment or two about what is said in verse 15, particularly as it relates to those of us who function in this role as an earthly father. And so as we look at Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, the first thing that I call your attention to is the fact that Joshua made a daring statement. He told God's people in the long ago to make a choice. And you know, life is about choices. All of us have to make choices on a daily basis. Sometimes those choices are of great magnitude. Other times they are very minute decisions and choices that we make in this life, but nonetheless, all of us are called upon to make choices on a daily basis. And so Joshua said to God's people prior to his own death, and if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. And then he goes on to say, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. I said a moment ago that life is about making choices. When you and I make the decision to become a follower of God, we are in effect casting our lot with God and his people. And this, in effect, entails severing some ties. I think about this great statement to the children of Israel by Joshua in the long ago. 
He's telling these people, you're going to have to make a choice. Those of us that are fathers, those of us that bear this responsibility, we have to make choices in life. We have to make choices in this particular role. Sometimes the decisions, the choices that we make are not necessarily that popular. But I think about the decision to become a follower of God. There is no greater decision that you will make as a father than to become a follower of God. Because ultimately, when you cast your lot with God and his people, hopefully and prayerfully, your family members will follow. Think for a moment about what it entails to serve the Lord and how we must sever ties on occasions. First of all, there might be the case that we have to sever ties from the past. Joshua is telling these people, listen, you're going to have to make a decision. You're going to have to make a choice. Are you going to serve these pagan gods or will you serve the God of heaven? I'm reminded of the life of Saul of Tarsus. In Philippians chapter 3, Saul, or Paul as we know him, speaks of his spiritual pedigree. He said in the long ago that he had been born a Hebrew of Hebrews, of the tribe of Benjamin. He said, as touching the law, a Pharisee. Concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Paul was a great persecutor of the church. However, when he obeyed the gospel, he said, all things have I counted loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for which I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, as refuse. Paul had to sever some ties. And it might be the case that when we make the choice to follow the Lord that we too will have to sever ties from the past. And then also it might entail severing ties from family members, parents, and other members of our biological family. I can think of two individuals that I know, one living in the Memphis area, another living in East Tennessee, that said when they obeyed the gospel and became New Testament Christians that their family members basically ostracized them. Their mother and father literally turned their backs on them. Jesus said, if any man comes to me and hates not or loves less father and mother, wife and children, yea, even his own life, he said, he cannot be my disciple. When we make a decision to follow the Lord, sometimes that's what it entails, putting him first in our lives. And then also we might have to sever relations from our peers reminded of the words of Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, when he said, evil companionship corrupts good morals. You know, as a parent, as a father, we have to lay the groundwork for where our children will be, hopefully, years from now. Sometimes we make difficult decisions, maybe even to the point of severing ties with others that we realize could be detrimental to our spiritual well-being. The very fact that we cast our lot with God's people sometimes necessitates this. 
And so Joshua made a very daring statement. But there's a second thing that I would ask you to consider as we look at verse 15. And that is Joshua made a definitive statement. In other words, his statement rings with clarity. Note again what is said in verse 15. And if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were on the other side of the river, or the god of the Amorites in whose land you now dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Life is about, as I said a moment ago, casting our lot with the people of God and then encouraging others to follow in our footsteps. And Joshua is telling these people prior to his departure from this earth, listen, you're going to have to make a choice. You're going to have to decide whether or not you're going to serve the idols of the people in whose land you're now dwelling or whether or not you're going to serve the gods of your ancestors or are you going to serve Jehovah God? What I like about it is the fact that Joshua does not waver in what he says to the Israelite nation. He's saying to these people, listen, you make your choice. You decide whom you're going to serve. But as for me and my family members, we're going to serve the Lord. Now, that's the kind of father we need today. We need individuals who recognize that as a father, they are, in effect, spiritual leaders in the home. Think about what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. And your fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Those of us that function in the home as a father. We are to be a spiritual leader. Now, Joshua said that his family members, along with himself, they were going to serve the Lord. When you decide to follow the Lord, you're telling others, you're encouraging others to follow in your footsteps. How are they going to do that? Two ways. As a father, let me tell you how you can tell your children or how you can lead your children to the Lord. Number one, by education. That is, open the Bible. Teach and instruct them. It might very well be the case that as a parent, you have the privilege and the opportunity of one day baptizing your child into Christ. And the reason you baptized that child into Christ is because you spent time teaching and instructing that child in the ways of God. As Paul said, bring your children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Think for a moment about ancient Israel. God had told ancient Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 6 that they were to love the Lord their God with all of their heart, soul, and mind. And then he went on to say, you shall teach these things diligently to your children. They were to teach their children the law of God. We have that same responsibility. To put our children in mind of the law of God. Teach them what the Bible says. 
Teach them about God as our great creator. Let them know that God is the one that framed the world, that he's the one that made us. But as the psalmist said, we have been fearfully and wonderfully made. We have been made in his own image and likeness. That God is concerned about our well-being. And because of his great concern, he is also our redeemer. He sent his son to die for our sins. You and I, we have that opportunity to teach and instruct our children. So we lead our children, first of all, by education or through education, and then by exemplification. It's not enough to just talk the talk. We have to walk the walk. We have to set the right example for our children in the home. Now, are we, are we perfect? Are we flawless in this respect? No. All of us are frail human beings. We all make mistakes. But what our children need to see is a father who is doing his dead level best to live a godly, righteous life in Christ Jesus. Let me ask this question. As a father, do your children see you read the Bible? Do they ever hear you discuss the Bible? Do you talk to your children about the Bible? Do you ever lead your household in prayer? Do you lead by way of example when it comes to being assembled on the first day of the week in worship on a regular basis? Do you take the lead in being in Bible class on Sunday morning and Wednesday night? This is what it means to be an example. We are to be an example in word and in deed. When Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, he said, Be ye followers or imitators of me, even as I also am of Christ Jesus. What Paul was saying there is simply this. His pattern in life was the Lord. And Paul was telling the church at Corinth, insofar as I follow the Lord, you follow me. I'm following in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. Now what you need to do is follow in those same footsteps. As a father, can we encourage our children to walk in our footsteps? Insofar as we are walking in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. Peter, Peter said in the long ago that Christ has left us an example that we should follow in his steps. Can we as an earthly father tell our children, follow my lead? And so, we think about the words of Joshua in the long ago. A definitive statement, clear, concise. But then also, Joshua made a distinctive statement. What I like about Joshua is that his statement was so concise, it was so crystal clear that no one could misunderstand it. He told those people on the long ago, listen, you make the choice. You decide whom you're going to serve. Are you going to serve these pagan gods? Or Will you serve the God of heaven? But then he sets himself apart. 
despite what they may decide, despite what course they may choose to follow, he said, listen, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We're not going to serve these pagan idols. We're not going to be involved in idolatry. We're not going there. Now, as a father, that's the kind of distinctive statement that we need to make to be pleasing in the eyes of God. You see, as Christians, we are distinctive people. We have been set apart unto God. We are a holy nation of people. And so what we want to do is have a holy family. We want to have a family dedicated to the cause of Jesus Christ. And guess what? It all begins with us as a father. Because we have to take the lead. What about this distinctive statement that he made? I think it's imperative for the world to know that our lives revolve around the Lord. Joshua was telling these people, our family, our family, as for us, plural, we're going to serve the Lord. That's who we're going to be faithful to. The Lord needs to be, number one, the foundation of our life. I, I would imagine that all of us want to be successful as a father and mother. All of us are are desirous of having a family unit that is pleasing in the eyes of God. We want to be successful. Let me tell you, you want to be a success as a family, then build your house on the Lord. It will never be what it could be and should be if it's not built on the Lord. Here's what the psalmist said. Except the Lord build the house, they that labor, labor in vain. You might build on some other type of foundation, but it won't stand. You need to build your house on the Lord Jesus Christ. That means building your house on His Word, building your house around worship to God, building your house around the work of God. Again, the life of a Christian revolves around the Lord. So first of all, the Lord has to be the foundation of our life. But then the Lord also has to be the fabric of our life. And by that I simply mean the Lord has to be the substance of what life is all about. The Hebrew writer said in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen as yet. Faith is what gives substance to this life. There are a lot of people in our world today, when it comes to substance in life, they just don't have it. There are a lot of families today. There are a lot of mothers and fathers and children. And you know what? They lack substance in their lives. It's just not there. There is this void. There's this huge vacuum in their lives. And they're trying to satisfy that thirst, that quench, with something that will not satisfy. You know what the psalmist said in the long ago? 
My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Now, God can satisfy your thirst. God can satisfy that parched and dry mouth. Jesus said, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. Are you hungering and thirsting for righteousness? Is the Lord the fabric of your life? I think about ladies that like to crochet and weave and sew. And I don't know much about sewing, but I do know this, that they're taking a piece of thread or yarn and they're weaving that thread or that yarn to other pieces of material. And that fabric or that thread or yarn is woven throughout the context or contour of that particular fabric. Well, that's the way our lives need to be. The Lord needs to be woven throughout the whole context of our everyday living. Can you say that about your life? And then finally, the Lord is to be the focus of our life. In other words, all eyes need to be on the Lord. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I think what Joshua was saying was, listen, our eyes are on Jehovah God. All eyes need to be on the Lord in your home. Everything needs to point to Christ, to the church, to God. We need to focus every ounce of energy that we have around Him. That would even include our jobs. Because you see, in that context in Colossians chapter 3, when Paul talks about our work, he said, ultimately, you serve the Lord Christ. Whatever we do, wherever we go, we can bring honor and glory to God the Father through the life, through the life that we live here on this earth. And so Christ has to be the focal point. God has to be the focal point of your life. I admire Joshua. I admire his courage. I admire his conviction. I admire the man he was. It's not easy living in this world. It's not easy trying to be a Christian at times. It's not easy being a father. But you know what? It's a great blessing. And out of those great blessings come so many things. What I want to encourage us to do is to be the kind of family with whom the Lord would be pleased. And on this day, Father's Day, I think it's only appropriate to encourage those of us who function in this capacity to rise up to the challenge to be a godly father. In closing, let me just share with you a statement made about Abraham in the long ago. Abraham was called the friend of God. And before God destroyed the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, he asked the question, shall I hide from Abraham that which I'm about to do? And then he said, for I know him, that he will guide his children and his household 
after me. Let me ask this question. Could the Lord have that kind of confidence in you as a father? Could God say about you, I know, I'm convinced that you're going to lead your household in my ways. Be like Joshua. Just state it plainly. Say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. That's where we're going. And one day, we'll all be in heaven together. It might be that you're here tonight, or rather this morning, and you're not a Christian. What we want to do is encourage you to become a child of the living God. To realize that Christ died for your sins. That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. And that through obedience to the gospel, you can enjoy the benefits and the blessings of his blood. The Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to be well-pleasing to him, Hebrews 11. We have to act upon that faith and repent of our sins. That's what Peter said on Pentecost Day in Acts 2, verse 38. Then we are to confess his name before others, Romans 10, 9 and 10. The Bible says we are to be baptized into Christ for the forgiveness, remission of our sins, Acts 2.38. When you obey the gospel, the Lord will add you to his church, the body of Christ. If you're faithful till death, the promise is the crown of life, Revelation 2, verse 10. If you're here today, you're not faithful to the cause of Christ, our plea to you, come home. Listen, we would be happy to pray with you and for you. We know that God will abundantly pardon. Would you come as we stand and sing?